We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything. Lakers, your Lakers kick off their playoff push, the post-All-Star break period, with a blowout win against the Golden State Warriors. Gotta love that. Getting the W that the Lakers absolutely needed. Final score, Lakers 124, Warriors 111. The Lakers well, they got to coast for most of the fourth quarter, and that is what we want to see. Joining me tonight to break down the game, it's Jeff Spiegel from LakersNation.com as well as DodgerBlue.com, which Dodgers fans, spring training kicking off. Make sure you guys do check out Dodger Blue as well. They have a YouTube channel. You guys should make sure you subscribe to the Dodger Blue YouTube channel. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm better now. I'm better now. I mean, this was a big game. We didn't, we didn't quite – I think we were optimistic about how it would go, but to see it play out – the way that it did, they get a big lead in the first half. They kind of blow it, three-point lead at, at, at halftime. But then to see them sort of put this one away in the third quarter, in the first half of the fourth quarter, to the point that Anthony Davis doesn't even need to play in the fourth, LeBron gets to rest. I know the final score is, what, a 13-point victory, but it was 26, I believe, at one point. And so 28, excuse me, was the biggest lead. Um, this was a game they were favored by six points. They easily covered the spread. Um, you can only play the team that's in front of you. I know Golden State without Steph Curry isn't the greatest team in the history of the world, but mm -hmm. the Lakers won. They won comfortably. They won easily. They did what they needed to and should have done, and so you got to be pleased with that. A hundred percent. I mean, this is what the Lakers needed. Now, I I broke it down on my on my Twitter account uh, at Trevor underscore Lane. Said tonight across the across the NBA, we saw the Lakers get a win, and so because of that, naturally the Warriors lost, which helps. Uh, the Pelicans lost. The Thunder lost. Now, the Jazz won that game, but we talked about this over on Playback during the game, which, by the way, those of you who watch the game on Playback with us, thank you guys for joining us for that. If you haven't gotten a chance to, check it out, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. It's how you come and can come join us for all of the Lakers games. We're right there breaking everything down live. It's a lot of fun, so come join us for Lakers games there. Uh, watch it with us. But the Jazz won but I would rather have the Jazz win than the Thunder right now. I think the Thunder are the more dangerous team. The Grizzlies lost. The Blazers lost. It's a good night for, yeah. for the Lakers. Uh, just about across the board, 
Uh, of course, the Lakers themselves getting the win was the most important piece, but the Lakers need other teams to lose. And tonight yeah. that happened. Yeah, and you were talking about other teams needing to lose. I mean, you look at the standings. They're now a half game behind Portland, a half game again behind Oklahoma City. So they're still the 13 seed. But if you can be, you know, the 11 seed and, and not have two other teams that you need to worry about every single night just to get into that play-in tournament, that's what you're hoping for. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's some some uh, speculation about how seriously Portland might be taking the post-All-Star uh situation with dame lillard not playing tonight but yeah. um definitely definitely sort of a flawless night from the lakers perspective yeah and getting the getting the win here one thing that we're going to be keeping an eye on of course is the status of d'angelo russell sprained his ankle on his birthday no less poor guy sprained his ankle in a bizarre fashion which go figure that seems to be the lakers luck uh, stepping on Dante DiVincenzo's foot when DiVincenzo was behind him. D'Lo just went to pass a ball inbound. It wasn't like he had somebody slide under him on a jump shot or anything like that. No, he's passing a ball inbounds and just steps back and steps on DiVincenzo's foot and sprains his ankle. So we're going to be keeping an eye on uh, on that front. We'll find out how D'Angelo Russell's ankle is doing, looking for information on that. But uh, Drew Potter said, hope this team stays locked in. Most of their schedule is motivated to beat them. Teams they want to jump in standings don't want it to happen, and top seeds likely prefer not to face AD and LeBron in the first round. Um, that's true, but the Lakers also also should understand when they're playing the Warriors, when they're playing the Wolves, when they're playing the Grizzlies, when they're playing uh, these teams that they're chasing, the Thunder, the Pelicans, these teams that they're chasing in the standings, the Lakers should also be that much more motivated to go out there and get wins, so they do have to stay locked in. But this is... If you are the 13th seed, this is what you want. If you're the sixth seed, you don't necessarily want to play a, a bunch of games against the teams that are chasing you. You'd rather not do that because that gives them a chance to catch up that much faster if they can put a loss on your record and, and get a win themselves. The Lakers being the 13th seed, you want to see these teams as often as you can so you yeah. can hopefully hand them losses and make up ground that much quicker. Yeah, I remember looking at the schedule during the All-Star break. The Lakers have the sixth easiest schedule according to win per <coughs> opponent win percentage, excuse me, in the second half of the season. The catch to that was the first six games out of the break were going to be difficult. Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Golden State, and then Memphis again. If the Lakers can get through, excuse me, that seven-game stretch with a positive record, it's going to be far easier from there on out. And so a good win tonight for the Lakers. As Drew says, they were locked in. There was some urgency. They they stepped on the throat when they had the lead in the third quarter, bleeding into the fourth. And so um, I, I think they checked every box that they could possibly check tonight. And, you know, you couldn't they, – they can't clinch the playoffs tonight, but they did what they could and needed to in the meantime. And they got help across the rest of the league as well. Um, and this person said, I bet $2,000 on the Lakers making the playoffs. And one day the Lakers win, Pels, Grizz, OKC, Blazers lose. Great feeling. Yeah, I'd imagine your odds just went up based on the results today. Long, long way to yeah. go. But this is what we need to have happen here. Uh, Trevor Lane Stan, with a, with a great name. He actually came on uh, our call-in show last night for the for the uh, the podcast. And uh, and, and he was, was chatting a bit of uh, Lakers with me on that. But uh, nothing beats a deep bench. Great win. This yeah. was one of those games where it felt like Golden State wasn't sure who to stop, right? Like LeBron didn't have a great game. AD didn't have a great game. 
and the Lakers still won and won handily. And you look, and we're going to talk about the superstar of the night in just a moment, but you look across the board, like everybody chipped in. Yeah. Like 17 on a perfect shooting night from Austin Reeves. Schroeder has 13. Uh, I mean, you only got three out of Troy Brown, but he played good good defense. Rui Hachimura has 14. 13 for LeBron. Vanderbilt has four plus nine boards. Like everybody that played in this game, with the exception of maybe some players who you know appeared in garbage time, made a positive impact, it felt like. And that's that's something that we couldn't say for most of the season about these Lakers. Yes, yeah, 68 bench points for the Lakers tonight. 68. I mean. That'll get it done. Yeah, nothing else that, to add. That will get it done. All right, let's get to this because we can't, we can't dance around this any longer. Superstar of the night. All right, we made the decision. Superstar of the night is not awarded strictly to the actual players who are considered superstar status because that would just bounce back and forth between LeBron and AD. And tonight, I'm happy we made that decision because it's not yeah. LeBron or AD getting this award from me anyway. Uh, AD, 12 points, 12 boards. I mean, that's okay. I mean, he got a double-double, but 26 minutes, didn't have to play much in the fourth quarter. LeBron, 13, 9, and 8. Not a great night by his standards. Five and t- five for 20 shooting from the field, but 25 points for Malik yeah. B, or shall we call him Malik Threesley? Seven of 11 from deep. The only real blemish on his stat line is 0 of 2 from the free throw line, but he was tremendous for the Lakers tonight, making big shots, plus 26, a team high plus 26 on the night. Malik yeah. B, have yourself a game. He gets my superstar of the night. Yeah, I think it's the easiest and the obvious choice. 25 points in 26 minutes, uh, 7, 11, 7 of 11 from three. And and we, as we're watching the game, I like to point out one of those misses was a ball that he got handed with about a second and a half on the shot clock, and he's behind the three-point line and gets blocked. So, I mean, it's 7 for 10 on shots that he wanted to shoot. For a guy that struggled his first game as a Laker was Ofer. I think you said it was only the second time all season that he hadn't made a three. For him to bounce back, first game out of the All-Star break, seven for 11 from deep. Uh, You said it. I mean, eight for 25, Anthony Davis and LeBron and the Lakers win comfortably, had a 26-point lead at one point. I think Malik Beasley is easily the biggest reason for that. If we were to give an honorable mention here, Austin Reeves had a huge third quarter, three-point lead at the half. Beasley actually, coincidentally enough, gets in foul trouble, comes out, Reeves comes in, had like 11 points in four minutes. I think he's the only other guy that even, you know, <laughs> moves the needle for me. But it, it's an easy choice, Beasley, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Koa chimes in and says, chemistry issues shown, but good win. Glad Delo's injury was not so bad. Beasley is superstar of the night. Tough two games ahead, so don't panic if we lose. Yeah, so... Delo's injury again, still waiting for some kind of official update. All we know is that they didn't, they're not even going to bother with an MRI. So that's a good sign. Um, but chemistry issues. Did you think there were chemistry issues in this one? The Lakers did finish with 14 turnovers. Uh, was that a, a problem in this game? I, I honestly felt the opposite. I felt like you have LeBron struggling. You have D'Angelo Russell go out. Anthony Davis, not really asserting himself. Uh, Malik Beasley at one point in foul trouble. And they didn't blink. You know, we we looked at some of those lineups, and it's Austin Reeves playing point guard with Malik Beasley. We had other lineups where um, just a unique group of guys. And I personally, I, you know, Trevor, I'll let you chime in. I didn't feel like at any point any group 
missed a beat. That was my view. Did you, I mean, did you see a blip in the radar? No, and we even talked about it on playback. There was a point in the third quarter where the Lakers, uh, the Warriors had cut into the lead and the Lakers pulled uh, Anthony Davis off the floor, I think it was, and LeBron was already out. Yeah. And you and I both said, uh-oh, Darvin, what are you doing? You can't yeah. do this right now. You can't have both of them out of the game. And then the Lakers instantly went on a run and basically put the game away without LeBron and AD on the floor. So, I mean, that was my nervous moment for this game. That was my, uh-oh, this could this could get bad here. No LeBron, no AD, and the Warriors started to make a push. And the guys on the floor, including Austin Reeves, Malik Beasley, they responded and they essentially closed out the game. They ended things with that run they made without LeBron and AD. Again, I don't think I don't think there's any point in this season where I felt that comfortable with a non-LeBron, non-AD lineup. Once they got rolling, I went, oh, they've they they've got it. Um, and that was that was great to see. That was fantastic because that's that's been a problem. Yeah. literally since LeBron showed up in town yep. has been that every time he steps off the floor, everything falls apart for the Lakers. They can't yeah. succeed without him. And yet the game winning game ceiling, whatever you want to call it run for the Lakers came without LeBron James and they handled it. No problem. Not a full strength warriors team, but still I feel like that's significant. Yeah. I mean, I see some people in the chat saying, Hey, they only won by 13. Look, they were up by 28 points with like, four and a half minutes to go in this game. This game was a blowout. If you want to just look at the final score, you're telling on yourself because you didn't watch this game. Um, But I'm with you. I mean, you and I looked at each other and said, AD and LeBron can't both be off the floor at the same time. And yet, you know, and again, I'm not saying, hey, I'm changing my mind. You can take both those guys off the floor now and let's just plan on that. Austin Reed, Malik Beasley, (laughs) you know, it worked tonight against Golden State. Clay Thompson wasn't on the floor for that one. So um, that was great. But yeah, the, the big answer here is, I actually was impressed with the chemistry. I thought this was a positive step in the direction of uh, of sort of a cohesiveness that this group's going to need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mob of mentality. We started out rusty as expected, yet a smooth victory. We got to rest our two starter players uh, and playing time for the bench. I don't know what to master lock. Maybe the first full half, too much focusing on Steph or D'Lo's unexpected injury. It will, we'll get to the master lock, but uh, overall... I mean, this is this is a good win, and this is the second good win in a row against a team that's ahead of the Lakers in the standings, and so that's that's critical right now. You have to stack up these wins. Uh, I did. I was remiss because the previous comment mentioned the tough schedule ahead. Yeah. Uh, next two games at Dallas and then at Memphis Sunday and Tuesday at Dallas at Memphis. We saw Memphis battle the 76ers tonight and come up short, uh, losing it at the end. Dallas. That's of course going to be a tough one. But would nice, especially with Dallas sitting in the sixth seed right now, would be nice to hand them a loss and pick up a win. It's a twelve thirty Pacific time tip though on Sunday. I don't like I don't like the early games. The players are all out of their rhythm and stuff like that. I, I hate that. But but yeah, two difficult games coming up. Uh, but these are the kinds of games the Lakers are going to have to find a way to win if they're going to make this uh, this playoff push. And, and I mean, a Dallas, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis. I mean, it's I, I the, the first seven games out of the all-star break, as I look at the schedule, is the make or break time. Because once yep. you get back, the last 16 are easy. You know, they, they those are those are a lot of games that you're going to pencil in W's. It's the next six, Dallas, Memphis, Oklahoma City, all on the road. And then Minnesota, Golden State, and Memphis again at home. Those six 
you know, I don't know if the Lakers having won tonight, if they need to go four and two in those six, if they can go three and three and survive and then try and cruise down the stretch. But um, it, it's you look at the schedule and it, it, there's a pretty clear cliff that the Lakers are headed for. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've got to make sure that they're like, you've got to win against OKC, like a win against Dallas would be great. Memphis, if you can get it, fantastic. I mean, yeah, you, you need to win. Every game is essentially a must win right now. But if you could stack up some wins here, like if you over the next six, if you can go four and two, yeah. dare I say, if you could go five and one or something and really go on a run, like that could really put you in a great spot in terms of, of making your way into the playoffs. So, yeah, um, and but I, a lot of it is like, I was just going to say, are you chasing the 10 seed or are you chasing the six seed? I think that's the question you're you're trying to figure out in the next six. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is, I think it's about, can you continue playing at this level that we've seen the last two games? Can you continue to win games decisively? If you can do that, yeah. anybody's guess what's going to happen from there. Mario said, is it too early to say the Lakers are a team that can make some noise if they make it to the postseason? I don't. I don't, I don't think it's too early. Like I've been saying it for a while. I think they, even before the trade, like yeah. LeBron and AD in a playoff series, if they're healthy, they've got a puncher's chance against anybody with yeah. this team as presently constructed. And we'll see what happens over the remaining 22 games. But yeah, I mean, they, they've looked really good the last two games. That doesn't, doesn't mean they're going to, you know, just be this powerhouse, but I think they could put a scare into some, into some teams. Yeah, yeah, it's just the one-and-done games that would scare me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're like, if they're the nine seed or something, 
Yeah. And it's single elimination. Like that, that really should be the goal. It should be get up to the seven or eight seed. So it's a double elimination situation for you in the plan. Yeah. That's that's what you what you really need. Um in lieu of, of course, just getting to the sixth seed and just making yeah. the playoffs. That that would but if yeah, I mean, just do that. Just get to the sixth seed. But you know, that's easier said than done. Uh Kronos said, assuming we bring uh, as much of the team back as possible, free agent targets at maybe attainable prices are Yuta Watanabe, Daniel House, Justice Winslow. Uh, sure. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't, I'm not even wrapping my head around exactly who they could target in free agency just yet. Yeah. If you keep everybody, most likely you're talking about a taxpayer bid level. But um, I, I think that's part of why, how this season finishes and so important. Beyond just, hey, you don't want to miss the playoffs again with LeBron and all of that, and this team can make a run and all those things. All that's true. You know, this team can be dangerous in the playoffs, but it's also, if you don't make a run right now, suddenly picking up the tab for paying all of these players next year becomes a little bit tougher to do if you're if you're Genie Buss. So, whereas if this team, you know, if they light a fire under the fan base and everybody's excited and all of that, then keeping all these guys around is easier. Um, Because you can say, look, there's proof that these guys are good. So that is going to be important here, too, as we close things out for the season. Again, 22 games, long way to go. But it's can they prove that they've got something here that's worth paying for and worth keeping next season? Yeah, I definitely think there's guys, Rui Hachimura, um, guys like that that are playing for contracts. And not to say that they won't get paid somewhere, but I I think there's a lot of guys that, you know, I'm not just penciling in for big paydays in Los Angeles. I I would like to, but again, like you're saying, I mean, if this team is fighting for the 10 seed after 23 games, I'm not really super fired up about bringing that entire group back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's the problem because they're if to keep everybody, you got to pay the luxury tax, which means the repeater tax is kicking in. It gets expensive really quick. Um, I mean, look, Rui Hachimura, Troy Brown, Lenny Walker, D'Angelo Russell. These guys all need new contracts. Uh, Malik Beasley, you got to pick up a 16.5 million player option on, or team option, I'm sorry, on. There's money that's going to have to be paid out. Uh, Koa, when was the last time we saw so many made threes from kickout passes or fast breaks? So beautiful, I could cry. This is how you load manage your stars. Teams aren't running away from the Lakers behind the three-point line anymore. Teams are now worried about Oh my gosh, Malik Beasley is going to shoot 7-11 from deep. Reeves is going to step in and hit threes, right? It's, we've been asking for this all season, and finally we're seeing it. Yeah, 16 of 30 from deep for the Lakers, 53.3%. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes the numbers speak for themselves, and that's a great night. If you're the, It's a great night for everybody, but for the Lakers especially. And, and the thing that's great about it is you go down the list and you say, okay, Beasley's not going to shoot seven of 11 every single night, but two for six from LeBron, one for two from Troy Brown, uh, two for four from Mo Bamba, one for one for Austin Reeves. Like none of those sound crazy to me. None of those feel like this was an outlier game aside from Beasley isn't going to shoot 70% from deep. Well, and as a team, they're not going to shoot over 50% from three most nights. Like they're They're going to have a 28% from three night coming up. You know, it's going to happen, but nonetheless, you'll take them when you can get them. Uh, Senpai said, good, not great win. For a team that needs to win every game, they look too lazy at times. Hope it's just post-All-Star break stuff. A lot of work to still do. Yeah, that, that I think was my biggest criticism was the offensive glass. You gave up 
I think it was 17 offensive rebounds to the Warriors. Let me look at the stat sheet here. Um, and a few of them, yeah, 17 offensive rebounds to an undersized Warriors team. Now, the Warriors didn't shoot well, and so that created more opportunities for offensive boards. But there were a number of times where the Lakers just got beat on the offensive glass. Uh, even Anthony Davis was. That's not a great look for a team that needs to be desperate to win. Uh, that said, they took care of business. They got the job done. But would like to see that cleaned up for sure. Yeah, and they were small stretches, right? Like the 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 offensive rebounds was a three to four minute stretch. You know, they had the three to four minute stretch at the end of the first half. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to take the optimistic view, there's progress. It wasn't a 12, 15 minute stretch. It was just a couple smaller blips on the radar. And, and you know, again, they won this game comfortably. I, I just always hesitate to look too deeply into some of those smaller stretches. A, a team's going to play different if they're up by 14 or 16. And so to hold them to the same standard when they're up by 16 as you would hold them to when they're up two or four, I just think it's not realistic. And so they won this game comfortably. If if they get lazy in a game that's a tight one, in a game that's sort of back and forth, back and forth, that's going to be way more alarming to me than this one. Does that, does that make sense to you, Trevor? Yeah, no, when you're, when you're cruising, it's easier to take your foot off the gas pedal for sure. Um, I saw it happen though in some moments where the game was still somewhat close in the third quarter. Um, and that was frustrating and unfortunate. So I like, yes, the, they won the game and they, they did all the things they needed to do. And ultimately that's fine. But I do think there is something to like, Hey, you probably have to clean this up. Otherwise, you know, teams that aren't missing a couple players are going to punish you for, for those yeah. kinds of mistakes. And, and it could really hurt. So still work to do, of course, yeah. but big picture, they needed a win. They got a win. It was a very comfortable win. They cruised to the victory and we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, let's get into this star in your role. Okay. Who gets the star in your role award for tonight? Uh, Jeff, I think there's one guy that I'm leaning towards for this one. Yeah. I bet we're talking the same guy. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let you go first since I went first on the last one, but I'm pretty sure we're going to pick the same guy here. Austin Reeves for me is the choice. Uh, I mentioned it early. I mean, and it's kind of the definition of star in your role. So he was the backup two guard Malik Beasley having a great night. Malik Beasley comes out of the game in the third quarter with foul trouble and Austin Reeves steps into his role. It's a tight game. Like I said, I think he had 11 points in the third quarter and that was his role. He needed to pick the team up in that moment, in that spot, hits a three, gets to the rim a couple times, a couple fast break steals. So uh, I thought he was fantastic. It, it was just for a blip. I mean, he finished with 17.6 of six from the floor. Didn't miss a three, didn't miss a free throw. Um, but the, the the stretch they needed him most, he was huge. And so Austin Reeves for me. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's Austin Reeves. Uh, again, perfect night shooting the basketball. Hit everything that he, that he took. Four assists. Filled in at the backup point guard role as well. Was especially necessary after D'Angelo Russell went out. I mean, just a great performance out of Austin Reeves. Did everything that you needed uh, him to do. So that was great. And, and look, Malik Beasley got into some foul trouble and he was kind of, you know, he was the engine sort of driving the Lakers yeah. with those three-point hits. Picked up his fourth foul and we were debating whether or not the Lakers should leave him in. And then in comes Austin Reeves and first thing he does is knocks down a three. And it's like, okay, there, you know, there you go. Beasley comes off, but Reeves is going to step on and they're going to keep right on rolling. So uh, great performance by Austin Reeves. Back this comment, casual says, I'm feeling the Beasley AR-15 combo, also Bamba. Thumbs up. 
our our chat on playback was starting to call that uh, Reevesley. That's what it was. Reevesley was mm-hmm. Austin Reeves and Malik Beasley together. That pairing was Reevesley, which works. Um, what did you think about Mo Bamba? He has a double-double tonight. Yeah. 13 boards, 10 points. Some of that came in garbage time. Two of four from deep, four of six from the line, two of five shooting from the field overall. What did you think about his performance tonight? Got 22 minutes in this one. Yeah, I mean, you look at 13 rebounds. You and I had that stretch where we're like, golly, just somebody get a defensive rebound, prevent yeah. Golden State. And we were talking, does when you need to come in, is Rui the answer there? They end up bringing Bamba in, a guy that both of us, I think, were a little skeptical of. I think he got a couple lucky ones, but look, 13 rebounds in a game where your team is struggling to rebound the basketball, um, got to give him credit there. And then on the other side, two of four from deep. I mean, that that's what the Lakers are looking for in a big man. They need you to rebound. They need you to play defense. And then you just stretch the floor. And tonight, Mo Bamba checked all three boxes. Man, the floor spacing looks so different with the Lakers right now. And it's not just Mo Bamba, but he's obviously part of that when he's on the floor because he can pull players away from the rim because he does have the ability to shoot from there. But the floor spacing is so different. How many, I mean, we've seen drives where LeBron gets to the rim, AD gets to the rim. Yeah. And the number of players just camped in the paint, it just doesn't look the same anymore. And and it's fantastic because we've been complaining about it all season. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. Jeff, let, let me ask you this. Bottom line. If they don't make all the moves they made at the trade deadline, yeah, do the Lakers win this game? Not this one, that's for sure. I mean, we were t- we were talked about it a little bit. LeBron is five of twenty, and Anthony Davis only attempts five field goal attempts, and the Lakers win comfortably. I, I mean, that does not happen without a miracle outside of it. And the Lakers didn't get a miracle tonight. Like Malik Beasley played well. There's not a- another guy on the roster that you could point to and be like, that's not sustainable. Like, yeah. of course, guys, Reeves isn't going to go perfect every night, but it's not like anybody dropped 35 that you weren't expecting. Um, this was a team win. And look, the caveat of the Golden State team they played was not any good. Okay. Like Steph Curry was out. Andrew Wiggins was out. You could make an argument that those are their two best players. Neither of them played. Clay Thompson didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. I don't think Poole played at all in the fourth quarter once this game got out of hand. And yet, no, to answer your question, they don't win this game with the role players they had six weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm in agreement. I think they don't win this game without those moves that they made. And uh, again, a lot of that is they have they actually have depth now. They've yeah. got players that, that you can lean on, and it's it's fantastic. It is great to see, for sure. Bruce said, Lakers taking care of business at home. I expected this game to be a win. Freak accident seems to always happen to the Lakers. Thank God D'Lo is day-to-day x-rays negative. Tough road trip ahead, hoping to go two and one there. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you go two and one on this three game road trip, I, I'd feel pretty good going yeah. against uh, Dallas, Memphis, OKC. Oh, my goodness. Two and one would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I'd take that. Uh, Jay said, put Dante DiVincenzo's foot in the master lock. Maybe stealing my thunder a little bit there. <laughs> but I think that, that may need to happen. Um, although, who was it that had the ankle lock? It was Kurt Angle. Ken Shamrock did it as well. Maybe we should do that since he has <laughs> an ankle injury. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple. Well, last time it was, uh, was it Kaminga? Somebody that elbowed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Reeves gave, in the face. Reeves gave Reeves a black eye. So it's something, uh, something about these Golden State Warriors and their accidental injuries. Oh, man. Man, it's, it's, it's tough to see. 
Tough to see. Reese says, can't wait to see Russ wreck the Clippers. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on Russ. He's not on the Lakers anymore. But I, I think I'm, I'm going to tune in for at least part of the game uh, tomorrow night. I, I'll be curious to see if the Clippers really do follow through and just hand a starting job to Russ. And then what does that look like if they do? Yeah, I already told you. I've seen enough Russell Westbrook basketball to uh, to last a lifetime. So if I accidentally come across it at some point, I'll take my loss, but I will not be actively seeking out Clippers games in the uh, in the short term. Well, that's uh, that's understandable. That's understandable. I can I can see why that would be a concern uh, for you. Let me see what else we've got going on here in the chat. Got a bunch that are coming in here. Uh, Adam said T Dog. I'm going with I it. Haven't, I haven't heard that since like 1999, but I'll take it. Uh, so refreshing to see the Lakers own a lead throughout the game, not stressing. Uh, we're going to lose. Lake Town, let's go. You know, I, I've become so used to late in the game, tense. Are they going to find a way to blow yeah. it again? This is refreshing getting into the fourth quarter, having a 20 plus point lead and knowing that the only thing left to do is to run out the clock. It makes for a much more relaxing experience. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, uh, I, I loved the moment when somebody in the chat during our playback said, you know, maybe AD doesn't play in the fourth and you're like, come on, Anthony Davis is definitely going to play in the fourth. Like, we're just trained to believe that the Lakers are not going to extend a lead and maintain a lead. So the idea that Anthony Davis was going to stay out and yet the second unit, I mean, led Le LeBron without AD on the floor, I should say, takes a lead from 18 to 26. And all of a sudden LeBron's checking out, they're doing their handshake. And we're like, oh my goodness, Anthony Davis is really not going to come into this yep. game. We're just not trained to think like that. And so I'm not saying we should change our ways quite yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's give this a few weeks, but it's, uh, it is refreshing to 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 be thinking differently about these games. And Golden State, I would say too, like Steve Kerr waved the white flag with like seven or eight minutes to go. Yeah, and so right, like I think that there's something on the Lakers' end that that plays into that. He, I don't know if he plays plays things that way two months ago against that group, against this group. He looked at it and said, you know, live to fight another day. And they do play tomorrow, so I'm sure that factored into his decision-making. But yeah, the, the Warriors waved the white flag very early. We, we went into garbage yeah. time with, like you said, about seven minutes left in yeah. the fourth quarter. Um, by the way, there was an update on D'Angelo Russell. It came in a bit ago, and I missed it. But uh, D'Angelo Russell says he thinks his, think his ankle is going to be just fine uh, with some treatment tomorrow. It's a little sore, but he'll be okay. So that's great news there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alex yeah. said, I really hope we keep Beasley. Uh, after dropping 25 points, yeah, I'd have to imagine they're going to $16.5 million team option for next season. He's starting. And after the game, Beasley was asked about the depth of the team. And he said, we have starters coming off the bench. Mm. Like that's a great, he, this is the guy that dropped 25 points. And he yeah. said, look, we've got a lot of depth on this team. We've got a lot of guys who can get it done. Said he, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like tonight was my night, but we've got a lot of guys that can, that can have nights like this. Um, again, just a great thing to hear and a great attitude, I think, from Beasley. 16 and a half million. I mean, obviously a one-year deal. There's not really any one-year deal that scares me, but I mean, is that a number you're comfortable with? Would you like mm -hmm. to sort of make it a longer-term deal to try and get the AAV down, or are you good with 16 and a half? No, I, I'm good with that. Now, if Beasley said, hey, I'll do a three-year 30 million deal, 
of course. You're, you're, yeah, let's do that. But um, I, the 16.5 million, that's great. The Lakers need contracts that size anyway. I'm not saying you trade him, but there's a lot of flexibility when you have deals that are that size that you can push into a trade if you need to or something like that. So I think it's just fine, particularly if he's going to shoot like the, the way that he has been. Yeah, no, no worries there at 16.5 million. I think he's just fine on that deal. He's not like an insane bargain like Vanderbilt is at like under 5 million, but yeah, I still think that's a pretty good number for him. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, at his age, I- I'm with you. I mean, maybe you can get three years, 40 million bucks. So you get year mm-hmm. two and three at like 12 mil average value, something like that. But either way, one year deal doesn't bother me. Uh, we are so deep now that even if we take out all five starters, we can still win games, albeit against weaker teams, but you get the point. I think this Maybe is going not. a bit far. Like, I don't think you can just win games with your bench unit, but it's fair. Like, other guys, everybody chipped in, everybody stepped up in this game, and they've got guys they can turn to off their bench that are able to do things. And part of that is your, what was like your third, fourth, fifth best player yeah. prior to the trades. Now they're like your sixth, seventh, eighth best player, fifth, sixth, seventh best player, right? So that matters in terms of the overall depth of your team. And we're seeing the positive results that having that kind of, of roster build can have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Pump the brakes here. Uh, this Golden State team that we saw tonight is in the bottom third of NBA teams. So let's keep that in mind when when Steph and Wiggins are, are not there. I'll say this, though. You look at who the sort of the second five would be Dennis Schroeder, Troy Brown, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, and Mo Bamba. That's a, that's a competent backup unit, a highly Mm -hmm. competent backup unit and above average backup unit, you could even say. And so um, there's a point to what this person is saying. And I would also say pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Maddie James Stanley is on the free agent market. Would you bring him back? I would, but they can't unfortunately, because of league rules, the Lakers, because they were the last team to trade him, even though he was waived by the Jazz and the Spurs, the Lakers needed the Jazz to trade him to another team and then him get waived for them to be allowed to bring him back. So they cannot bring him back this season. Um, that's per NBA rules. They were trying to shut down a loophole where teams were pl- were trading away players with the understanding that that player would be waived upon arrival with that team and just would return right back to them was essentially circumventing the the rules of the CBA. And so the NBA shut that down by making you wait a year to bring the player back. Now um, they even made it a month that you'd wait for at one point and teams just went, okay, cool. Take a rest for a month and then come back to us. Uh, and so finally they decided to close that by making it a full year. So Stanley Johnson, he is a free agent. I would like to see him back, but the Lakers cannot sign him. Unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, you look down the list, people are, everybody, there's a lot of people that are Lonnie Walker fans. He doesn't get any run. Devon Reed, people like him, he doesn't get any run. So mm-hmm. I, for the first time, you're looking at the, you know, the the last few spots on the Lakers bench and saying, you know, th- there's some, there's some NBA level players sitting in those seats. And so it's a tougher, tougher bench for a guy like Stanley Johnson to crack, even if he could be signed. Uh, Sean says, this is not your Russ Lakers. We're deep. We're better. I agree. I think, this, again, like like Jeff and I were just saying, I don't think you win this game um, if you had not made the moves that they did at the trade deadline. Uh, Adam said, thanks for always, over oh, the $50 Super Chat. Thank you, Adam. Said, thanks for always providing the work for the A-plus content. Y'all have a good night. Hey, well, thank you, Adam. We, we truly appreciate that. Um, the work we put in is definitely a, a labor of love, and we enjoy doing it. And, uh, and we're glad that we get to 
cover this team. And hopefully, hopefully we get a nice finish to the season with playoff push here that sees the Lakers successful and getting in to the mix. But, but truly appreciate the kind words there. Yeah. Master Lock Clay's blatant dribble, double dribble right in front of the ref. Oh boy. That was there. There was some creative officiating tonight, yeah. Jeff. Fortunately, it's not something that changed the outcome of the game or anything like that. But yeah, there that was that was an interesting play where, where Clay Thompson dribbles, picks it up, then dribbles again and goes to the basket and, and gets fouled. And uh nothing. Referees just went, okay, well, whatever. No big deal. I think they argued that he just knocked the ball down. It didn't count as a dribble or something, but that sure looked like a dribble. But it just reminded me of what I want to master lock. So shout out okay. to Muhammad for uh, for giving me an idea. Uh, Will says, what if the All-Star game went back to East versus West and winning conference gets four home games in the final? So home court advantage. I bet the players from the top teams would play hard. Yeah, they would. But do is that what we want? Like, I know that, Jeff, you know about this because they're doing it in baseball. baseball. They used to. Is that, do we, oh, did that go away for baseball? Uh, yeah, I'm almost positive they got rid of it. Okay. Yeah, it was temporary. It was only for a couple of years, but uh, yeah, it was a total and utter failure, complete failure. So, <laughs> like, home court matters a lot, right? In, in basketball, like, it, it yeah. matters. And I don't think that if, if I'm a team that's contending, I don't want potentially my, my winning or losing the finals to be determined by the all-star game by guys from other teams playing in a game that a lot of players don't even want to play in. A lot of guys didn't want to go to Utah to go be part of it. Guys would rather have a week off to go take their families on vacation and things like that. Understandably so, but like, yes, that makes more puts more stakes out there. Maybe it makes the all-star game more competitive, but I don't want to impact the, outcome of the season in terms of who wins the championship just in order to get a better all-star game. Yeah. And the draft was the best part of the whole night. <laughs> like that was yeah. the part I cared way more about than the game. I thought that was hilarious. So I love the draft idea. I mean, it's unintentional comedy everywhere you look. I, I don't know. I mean, if the players don't want to play hard, you can't hide it in basketball in the way that you can hide it in a baseball game or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I almost think the NBA doesn't care anymore like it feels like the ratings just keep going down and down and down and they're going to sign a huge tv rights deal you know in the next couple of years and it's not really going to matter that the all-star game isn't isn't that marquee of an event so i don't know I, I don't have any solutions to fix it and and it kind of feels like the nba cares a little bit but not a ton well i mean like from the lakers perspective i know like i was i was hoping lebron would play very limited minutes yeah and when it was announced that LeBron was not going to play after halftime because he hit his finger on the rim or whatever, uh, of course, we were worried for a few moments there. But once we found out that, okay, he's fine, yeah. I went, I fist pumped. I went, yes, LeBron pulled himself out of the game. Because if you're a fan, the, the only thing you don't want to see is your guy get hurt. Yeah. Right? Like You're hoping your guy doesn't get hurt in that game. It just, it doesn't matter that much. Right? Like there's not a, there's not a lot of stakes to it. And you can add stakes to it, but. Do you have to like, I would like to see a better all-star game. Sure. But I would also, I would much rather not see a Laker get hurt from the Lakers perspective. I would, yeah. you know, I wasn't like Anthony Davis was not upset that he didn't make the all-star game. He was like, Hey, cool. I get to go on vacation with my family. I just don't think the players care about it the way that they, that they used to. And maybe you can, 
you know, there's something that needs to be done about that ultimately. And you can talk yeah. about, oh, players don't have enough pride these days and all that kind of stuff. I've seen that argument going around, but. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't worry. I'm not going to worry about it too much. I'm more focused on what happens with the Lakers and what happens yeah. with the individual team than whether or not we get a great all-star game. Yeah. In our world over in baseball, it's happening right now. The world baseball classic is about to happen. It's an international tournament. Guys go play for their countries. Many of whom are playing for countries that they don't really have much of a connection to, but it's happening during spring training right before opening day. And for the Dodgers, it was a huge story about a week ago because Clayton Kershaw wanted to pitch for team USA there's some weird insurance thing. He couldn't get insurance because of all of his injuries. So it was announced Clayton Kershaw can't play. And he personally was bummed. He wanted to play for Team USA. We over at Dodger Blue 1958 recorded a video and it was me, Daniel and Matt Moreno. And we're like, hey, what do you guys think? And we were all like, awesome. None of yeah. us wanted him to play in the World Baseball Classic. We're like, oh, the injury prone pitcher for the Dodgers is going to have to play extra games with some meaning and might injure himself. Like there was no upside for the Dodgers, it's the same thing here. Like LeBron, I was feeling the same thing. Like the guy sat out, what, two of the last three games before the All-Star yeah. break, and then he's going to play in the All-Star game. And I'm like, I get why he wants to play. It's good for the league for him to play. But if you're the Lakers, there is no upside to LeBron playing in the All-Star game. And so how you fix that, I, you can't fix that. You know, you could do yeah. the Pro Bowl. You could put it at the end of the season. Well, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl either. So I think with some of this stuff, it's just, there might not be a solution. I think, do you even have to have the game at all? I mean, I wouldn't, but, you know, I think they go the other way. If anything, it's like, can you give, you know, is there a million dollar per player prize for, yeah. for the winning team? I mean, that money is the only thing that is going to solve that problem, but the teams don't want that. Like the Lakers don't want LeBron being incentivized. I mean, LeBron doesn't care about a million bucks, but the Lakers, you know, insert team here like the they don't want their guy incentivized to go try and play hard and win a million bucks in the all-star game and risk injuring themselves like it's it's yeah. just sort of cannibalizing itself we'll see what they ultimately do you know we got a great game a few years ago with that whole elam ending and everything so yeah. you know it could just be that this was this was a bad one and next one will be better and then and then you go from there so we'll see yeah. if the nba addresses it but uh christian how can Golden State have shot 19 more times than the Lakers? I don't get that math. Still happy with the win. Uh, 17 offensive rebounds. Each offensive rebound gives you an opportunity, another opportunity for a shot at the basket. Um, also, look at free throw attempts. The Lakers had 34, 21 for the Warriors. So each time the Lakers are getting to the free throw line, with the exception of and ones, that's taking away, in theory, a shot attempt. Uh, and then turnovers can also be a, yeah. be a factor in that, where you have a possession and you don't actually get to shoot. So that's how... The, the math can work out where 
you get extra opportunity. You get one team that shoots significantly more times than, than another. Yep. Yep. Nailed it. That's it. Um, all right. Let's see what else we've got here. We do need to get into the master lock and we'll get there in, in just a moment, but I have a few more questions that we need to get to first. Actually, I lost my place a little bit in the chat. So let's, let's just go ahead and jump into the master lock right now while I'm finding my spot here. Here we go. Master lock of the night. All right. The master lock of the night. We take whatever was the most annoying thing from the game and we put it in our buddy, Chris, the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock. Uh, Jeff, what are you putting in the master lock tonight? I'm going to go a little off the board. I know the D'Angelo Russell injured ankle feels like the obvious choice here, but I'm going to go with something that is truly annoying to me. You and I got a good laugh of, uh, about this when we were in the playback. It, it's Darvin Ham's challenge. It's LeBron James oh, encouraging Darvin yes. Ham to challenge. I mean, LeBron goes up. It looks like he blocks a shot. They call a foul. LeBron completely overreacts and freaks out. Darvin Ham looks down the bench, points at somebody, and says, hey, take a look, take a look, take a look. And then apparently five or ten seconds later, somebody says, review it. And we got one look. We got three seconds of a replay, and it was the most obvious foul of all time. And I don't know. I mean, it's like, I, I don't, I, none of that process made any sense to me. Oh. Thankfully, it was totally irrelevant. I just thought it was freaking hilarious because they showed us, like I said, we didn't need four angles. We didn't need two minutes. They gave us two seconds of one angle, and it was about as clearly across the forearms as a, a block attempt could possibly be. And so, uh, whoever the guy is that told Darvin Ham to challenge that play, master lock the heck out of that guy. Well, but isn't, isn't that on LeBron to say, don't challenge that. Like he yes. had to feel that he, he went across the guy's arms. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Master. Yeah. And it's again, I said, it's like, put your arm around Darvin ham. Say, look, I did that for the refs. I want them yeah. to think they owe me one. Don't challenge this, but somebody on the bench convinced Darvin ham. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that it wasn't LeBron, that it was somebody else, whoever it was LeBron or guy sitting two rows back that said, challenge it master lock that person. I I'll never forget Frank Vogel um, turning to KCP. There was a play in a game and it was a pivotal moment and KCP got called for a foul. And you know how, when guys say stuff like you can't hear them on TV, but you can read their lips, particularly when they yeah. say certain words. Um, and Frank Vogel looks at KCP and he looks him in the eyes and he says, and he says, tell me the F and truth. Did you foul him? And KCP says no. And in the second KCP says no, Frank Vogel goes, okay. And he challenges it, right? And that was just like, he he asked his player point blank, did you foul him or not? Let the player essentially make the decision on whether or not he was going to challenge that one. And honestly, I don't even remember what the outcome of the, the challenge was, but it just struck me that Vogel was, was putting that trust in his player. Like, hey, just tell me, tell me the truth. Did you foul him or not? And then that determined yeah. whether or not he was challenging it. I would have liked to have seen Darvin do that. Maybe he doesn't have to swear at LeBron or whatever, but yeah. but he could just say, hey, look, did you foul him or not? And then it's on LeBron to say, yeah, like he had to feel that he fouled him. Um, yeah. But good master lock on that one. I'm going to go ahead and and hit the, uh, the low-hanging fruit here. I will master lock or ankle lock, I guess, uh, Dante DiVincenzo's foot. Get that out of here. We don't need D'Angelo Russell spraining his ankle. It's the guy's birthday. For crying out loud, yeah. D'Angelo Russell's birthday. 
and he has to leave the game early due to a sprained ankle. Ah, the Lakers don't need that. The Lakers have had such bad injury luck, and that would just seem to be even more of it. Such a bizarre play. DiVincenzo's on the baseline, out of bounds, out of bounds, and he still manages to injure a Laker. Ah, definitely a master lock-worthy moment. Yeah, and if you're just joining us, uh, our own Daniel Starkin, who's at the stadium, was saying, Darvin Ham says D'Angelo Russell will get treatment on his ankle tonight. They'll see how it feels in the morning, but I believe they've listed him as day-to-day. Um, so there seems to be some optimism about that, but yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a brutal, you know, no pun intended turn of events for a Lakers team that, that sort of needed to get off to a positive start, needed to build some momentum. And, and on one hand they did, but on the other hand, you'd like to see all of the pieces healthy and, and contributing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. would like to see them, um, doing what they can in order to, uh, to keep everybody out there and healthy, but Sounds like he avoided any kind of major injury, so that's fantastic. Uh, wise one said, make the all-star game in the off-season slash summer. I mean, guys go on vacation and stuff, yeah. but I was just thinking about this, Jeff. I mean, we had a week and a day of no Lakers basketball, and I was on vacation during yeah. the majority of it. Like, I had stuff to do, and I was still missing Lakers basketball, and it just, to me, it was a little precursor to august and september and how brutal those months can feel with no basketball i know you don't feel the same way because there's baseball on for you but what do you think about that just i mean would that do anything if you could add an all-star game like in august or something players wouldn't go for it because it's interrupting their vacations their training all that is that worth doing is that better than what we're doing right now I mean, the one beautiful thing about sports is every different sport has basically tried everything. Uh, You've got the NFL that does the Pro Bowl after the season. Now Mm -hmm. they're taking it. It's not even real football. It's flag football. Uh, You've got the MLS that that takes the MLS All-Stars and plays, you know, a a team, one of the best club teams in the world. You've got the NBA trying to do what they do. I mean, it's all none of it works. I mean, baseball has a thing. I think baseball, because of the, the low injury risk, they can simulate a real baseball game without anybody really feeling like somebody's going to get hurt. You just can't do that in football. You can't do that in basketball. And so ultimately you're giving people a product that is different than the product they kind of signing up to watch. And so you mentioned it, maybe this is a blip, maybe, maybe the, the, the positive games that we have seen in recent years will be, maybe that's sort of a better representation. And this was just a fluke, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't care about the NBA All-Star game. Like I, I it wasn't it wasn't on my radar as something I needed to plan my weekend around, which sounds weird when you consider the names of the guys participating. Well, you know it's not going to look like a regular no. game. And that's and that's what was said afterwards. Like I mean, Mike Malone said that, you know, this isn't basketball, right? Yeah. It's not it's not what it looked like. Yeah. Uh Matt said Lonnie is leaving. Trash minutes only. It's tough because he can be an exciting player at times, but who would you rather give our mid-level to in 23-24? he might leave. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It depends on what the market is going to look like for him, but yes, he, he is. Look, we wondered who was going to be the odd man out. We knew it was probably going to be one of Lonnie or Troy Brown. And it appears that it's Lonnie uh, as well as Wendy Gabriel. You knew when these new guys came in there, I mean, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly played major minutes, but you also traded away what four guys who didn't play. Yeah. A lot of minutes with Damian Jones and JTA, right? I mean, you had guys, Kendrick Nunn, you had guys going out that just didn't play a lot. And so you knew that some of the guys that were getting minutes currently were not going to see those minutes sustained 
after these new players came in. Uh, Lonnie appears to be the odd man out right now, but that that can change too. Like we see injuries and things like that happen. Yeah. But I would ultimately, yeah, probably agree that 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 Lonnie is less likely to come back now that he's in the situation that he's in. Yeah, and you look at the guys in front of him. Obviously, Troy Brown brings a much higher level on the defensive end of the floor. Um, I don't know. Some people would say a better shooter. At the very least, uh, uh, an equal shooter. He doesn't give you the slashing that Lonnie Walker does, but you don't necessarily need that. You've got Dennis Schroeder, who's going to get more minutes because he could play point guard. You've got Austin Reeves, who's going to get more minutes because he's more of a complete player than Lonnie Walker is. And so it's not so much. I mean, this is the upside to having depth is that the guys who aren't playing, you're mad that they're not playing because you like them and they're competent NBA players. Yeah. The Lakers aren't used to that. But to anybody who's complaining, who should he play more than? Like, it's not going to be Rui. It's not going to be Troy Brown. It's not going to be Schroeder. It's not going to be Reeves. So it's not going to be Russell. It's not going to be Beasley. I mean, those are the six guys that play guard or, you know, wing, guard slash wing ahead of him. And it's not even really that close, in my opinion, to the guys that are ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I just, I don't see where the minutes come from yeah. for, for Lonnie Walker right now in, you know, without an injury occurring, I think that there would have to be some sort of an injury for him to get back into the rotation uh, or somebody go on a, a prolonged shooting slump or something like that. I agree. I think that look, Troy Brown has shot the ball well enough and he's a more versatile defender and he's two inches taller like yeah. that. That matters. I think that between the two Lonnie is more athletic, but when you're looking at what this team needs, I think Troy Brown does more of what the team needs compared to what Lonnie does. And that it's not saying that in a vacuum, Troy Brown is better than Lonnie as a player or Lonnie is better than Troy Brown. They both, they just have different skill sets and Troy Brown's skill set is, is more needed for what the Lakers uh, are are needing right now. So yeah, I don't see where the minutes come from for, uh, for Lonnie. And if Mo Bamba is a fixture in the rotation coming off the bench uh, as the backup big, that, that means Bunyan Gabriel gets squeezed as well. So we knew it was going to happen, but you know it's a good problem to have when you've got too many good players. It's a problem still. It's something for Darvin Ham to manage. And I'll yeah. tell you what, Jeff. I talked about this on, on yesterday's pod. It's a problem that will become bigger if, the, if things go south. If the yeah. Lakers start losing, these guys that right now are playing team basketball, these guys on one-year contracts, winning cures all, you start losing – it's really hard to keep guys playing team basketball when they start thinking about their contract over the summer. No, totally agree. Totally agree. As long as you're winning, Lonnie Walker's not allowed to complain because if he complains, it's like, look, the team is succeeding and you you're just being selfish. But if the team starts losing, then Lonnie Walker, if he wants to be vocal, is going to have a point to say, Hey, well you benched me and it's not working. So I, I completely agree with that take. And, Hopefully we don't get there. Hopefully we yeah. don't have to, to find that out the hard way. Yeah, hopefully things continue to go well. The Lakers make a playoff push. They wind up the sixth seed and, and we get into the playoffs. And let's let's go from there. Uh, Adams has got to love 34 drawn fouls. Part of that was the, the Warriors coming in where they, they intentionally went undersized as a gamble to try to uh, mitigate what the Lakers were going to do in the paint or behind the three-point line. But... Still, good to see the Lakers getting to the free throw line, doing what they needed to do to get contact uh, and get to the bucket. So, yeah, I mean, you want to see that? That's that's a sign that your offense is creating looks where the other team has no alternative but to foul you in order to stop you from scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, getting to the line is is the mark of a good offensive team, in my opinion. So, good for the Lakers. All right. 
let's wrap things up there. Appreciate yeah. everybody for, for joining us here. This was uh, obviously a fun night, a fun yeah. win for the Lakers. Great to see second blowout win in a row now for the new look Lakers. Fingers crossed, of course, on D'Angelo Russell's ankle. Hopefully he can come back Sunday afternoon game and uh, be ready to go for that one. We'll get treatment. We'll probably get more updates on him tomorrow and on Saturday. But thank you, everybody, for joining uh, for joining us here tonight. If you came in from the YouTube channel, make sure you are subscribing over there. Turn on those notifications. Those of you listening to the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, please leave us that five-star rating and review. Jeff, thanks again for hopping on here, man. It's uh, always fun to chat Lakers with you. I love it. I love it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.